This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Shift gears and focus to... Uh, college football now. Collegefootballnews.com is the website. The publisher there does a great job, has been for a number of years. Pete Futak joining me right now on CBS Sports Radio. Pete, appreciate you making time on a Sunday afternoon. How are you today? I'm doing just fine, Mr. Pendergast. And yeah, you know, college football really does go hand in hand right now with the NFL version because if on that call, with the NFLPA, I think it was yesterday or two days ago, whenever it was, the, the players got to gripe. They got to air their grievances. And you heard it wasn't all just, I mean, the assumption's been since the NFL's been so silent in all this that they got it. It's the NFL. It's, got, it's a bazillion-dollar business. It's going to figure this out. Everyone's going to be happy. And as it turns out, that's not necessarily the case, that the players are concerned. They're worried. But they also have uh, uh, mouthpieces. They also have uh, uh, you know, uh, representatives, uh, high-paid representatives who uh, – or looking out for their interests, college athletes don't have that. So the positives about all these tweets that are coming out from the players is that they're saying we want to play, but we want to know that we're being held, you know, being safe here. And so I think the the college football is going to have to take the NFL's lead because they're going to have to be far more proactive in figuring this out before the colleges do. Yeah, and yet we heard that late last week that the Power Five conferences, the NCAA at the very least had been working on some parameters for parameters for testing and uh, I guess testing 72 hours prior to games. I don't know, Pete, when you saw that, when you saw some of the details of it, what, what were your, what were your thoughts? It's a start. At least it's I, to be fair. And I've hammered on these, all these guys from the start of this for not having a, a better plan in place. I honestly believe that all of them thought that there was going to be easier testing and uh, easier uh, things in place to, to go off of and that there was going to be some sort of guideline nationally that by this point, four and a half to five months into this, that, you know, you'd spit in a cup and come out blue and say, okay, you're fine. You're healthy. Go. Uh, so at least it's a start for where things are going right now, because now it's on. I mean, now it's, it's, I think they're kind of waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And now the you know, students are coming back. The players are coming back. And there's going to be problems because as soon as you get students back on campus, one house party later, and school gets, goes completely online if it's not already online. So there's a whole bunch of parts to this, including that you have a lot of school presidents saying that, oh, yeah, of course we're playing football because they want the tuition dollars. They don't want to lose any more students to deferment or transfers and not just football players, but students in general. So you got to kind of keep it going that everything's fine all is well. Uh, when in fact that once there's any sort of a breakout, we know how this thing works, is that things get shut down. And we'll see after this week, uh, to ramble further on this, is that as soon as baseball gets going, as soon as NBA gets going, now it doesn't become so abstract, the idea of team sports being played. And 
uh, college football needs to take the lead of these professionals to see, okay, what happens when you do have someone who has it and you do have a breakout? How's the NBA going to handle it in the bubble? How's Major League Baseball going to handle it? So they're going to have to come up with the way to do it through that and just hope that that takes the lead and then the optics look a little bit better for college football. Pete Futak, collegefootballnews.com, joining me on the program. So we know that a, a week or so ago, the Big Ten, followed by the Pac-12, both announced we're not going to be playing any non-conference games. The other three Power Five conferences are taking a longer look at this thing to let it play out a little bit more. But I guess your thoughts on that and, and what exactly is accomplished, maybe other than the optics of just realize, you know, maybe an indication they're realizing the sense, a, a greater sense of urgency with this thing. Did you, did you like what they did in terms of uh, those conferences saying we, we may just need to focus on the conference schedule? Uh, I'll answer this in two ways. One is this, yeah, it's kind of a must because the, in the absence of having, like the NCAA is not like a, an overarching figure. Mark Emmert's not Roger Goodell. They don't have a commissioner. They don't have a structure. It really is a conference-by-conference basis. And it had to be done. The Pac-12 had been hinting at this since, I want to say, March. Uh, and the Big Ten, it makes a whole lot of sense because you better control. Because you have better protocols, better guidelines, that they know that they can handle this better than in their own house, in their own way, that they don't have to rely on you know, how other conferences are going to do it. And for scheduling, you, can, you have a whole lot more flexibility. You can front-load it with, your, uh, with games and leave a lot open on the back end. And you really have a lot more control over your situation on a conference-by-conference basis. Also, it regionalizes this. And don't think this is not going to be completely politicized big time over the next several weeks and months. And that Pac-12, you know, mostly blue states, Big Ten, bluish states for the most part. And they're going to say we're going to have certain things and guidelines we're going to want to do as opposed to the SEC and the Big 12 side of things. Now, from the, uh, the cynical side, they don't want to pay the non-conference games. So if you're the Big Ten and you have no fans in the stands, and I keep getting shocked that there is still a thought that, well, maybe we'll get 15,000 fans in the stands. No, there aren't going to be fans in the stands. So if you're not going to have fans, the idea of having a home game against Cupcake State doesn't really matter. So you don't want those non-conference home games because you don't want to have to pay out the million dollars that you're not going to be getting in. Yeah, it's it it's going to be wild to watch play out. I, I guess um, from a standpoint of playing conference only games awesome. in the power in the power five. Let's say for a second, Pete. Let's see. Let, let's say that the SEC, the ACC, and the Big Twelve all move in the same direction that that the Big Ten and the Pac twelve have. Can you imagine being a committee member selecting the college football playoff without having had any games? you know, cross-pollinization between conferences. You know, those are the games that enter the debate so much when it comes down to teams three and four. You know, like the SEC champ's going to make the playoff. If Ohio State wins the Big Ten, they'll make the playoff. But have you allowed yourself to kind of look ahead and and go, man, how strange is this going to be being a committee member where these are really just five independent pods worth of teams with no cross-pollinating going on here? Absolutely. But from a fan standpoint, if they could pull this off, if we have, for what, first of all, it's only one year, you know, college football season's only three months. It's going to go by in a blip, but if it's one year, how awesome if this will be, if we can pull this off, look, Baseball should be a 60-game schedule no matter what. I mean, a, give, give me the six-inch sub. Give me the, this is the perfect size baseball season. 
basketball is going to be kicking in with meaningful games. You're going to have big-time golf events. You're going to have all these great things, and you're going to have a college football schedule with absolutely no fluff, no FCS games, no cupcakes. It's going to be conference-on-conference action for 10 games or so. It's going to be fantastic from a fan standpoint. From a college football playoff committee standpoint, uh, one of a couple things might happen here is either it's same, everything goes the same. If you win your Power 5 conference championship and you go undefeated or have one loss, you're almost certainly going to be in this thing. But what happens if, like your point, like let's say Clemson loses at Notre Dame and it drops a heartbreaker somewhere else. Now what do you do with that? Like you're going to have the, the conference football, uh, football uh, college football playoff committee members are going to have to figure out that yeah we're going to have to take an objective eye to this team versus this team versus this team and really sort of do some work now unless we have four undefeated Power Five conference champions and then it becomes just ridiculously easy. Yeah, that, that no, that's true. Okay, you touched on a couple things that I, that I want to follow up on. Pete Futak, collegefootballnews.com publisher, is joining me on the show. Um, do you think that the pandemic hastens the expansion of the college football playoff? Maybe not this year because it, maybe it's just too short a time frame to plan for that kind of thing, but because they're, they're sitting on potentially a gold mine worth of money, and they quite honestly, if there's no fans in the stands, there's going to be a lot of red ink created through this whole thing. Absolutely, and, and we know how this works. And having worked intimately with the, the college football playoff uh, many people over the years, uh, this can turn in a heartbeat. At the moment, there's no chance because it's just the, the logistics are too tough. As is, they're just hoping there's a college football game being played anywhere, much less a bowl season, much less an expanded college football playoff. So you're right. For this year, I don't think so. Uh, but you're right. If you're not going to have fans in the stands, uh, the one thing I do think is going to happen if they play college football at all is that they are going to have bowl games because at some point ESPN is going to step in and be like, look, we need programming here, guys. Yeah. Let's, make this, let's make this easy because ESPN basically owns the bowl system. Mm-hmm. So they're going to want to make sure that that happens if there are any teams made available. Look, at the end of the day, we might have the three service academies and Liberty are the only four programs who are playing college football, and there's your college football playoff. I expansion i just don't think is going to happen very soon uh because again the logistics of it are kind of hard even though uh it seems like it should be easy i've always said you should have a all you need to be able to play your way in i don't like the idea that it's still based on judgment and judges uh i like the idea that if you know you have five five power five conference champs all five of them get in and you have one wild card of some sort uh and then you have a play in two play in games and go from there because right now as it stands being the number one seed means absolutely nothing. I mean, because there's just no advantage uh, in any way to being a one or a two seed. Uh, so there's got to be some, some sort of reward for that. And, again, I don't like the idea that the sport is still based on judgment. Where you, Right now, if, let's say, all 130 FBS teams go off, we already know that, like, 80 of them are eliminated. Yeah. Uh, so there has to be a change at some point. I don't think it's happening this year. Pete Futak joining me on the show. All right, the other thing I wanted to follow up on, I know you mentioned it as a hypothetical, but you mentioned Clemson-Notre Dame, which made me think of Notre Dame. And the, especially if it does turn into a situation where these conferences are only playing conference games, Notre Dame has half their schedule already as part of the ACC, so maybe there's a solution there. But if you were Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director, what would you be looking to do right now to cobble together a schedule that you think is – representative of what Notre Dame's fan base and players are expecting. 
Yeah, not as hard as you might think. So figure you start off as normal against Navy. That's an easy one right there. You've got your six games with the ACC and your friends with benefits format that you have with them in agreement. Uh, so there you got seven. There's a there's a uh, open date in the middle of all this where I believe it's Virginia uh, and Syracuse. I think are off uh, and Notre Dame doesn't have them on the schedule. So there's an easy one to fill in. Uh, you can figure out a game against BYU somewhere and your Notre Dame. You're going to be on everyone's dance card. So maybe you keep that Western Michigan game because all the Group of Five programs are going to do anything possible to get any revenue. So Notre Dame's not going to have any problems. I think that the ACC would bend over backwards to get as many Notre Dame versus ACC games as possible. And if you're Notre Dame, look, you're already playing Clemson. You can already say, point to a couple other big games on the slate. And if maybe you add BYU, who's being rumored to play Alabama maybe to start the season, that's a pretty good-sized game. So it's not like Notre Dame has ever ducked anybody. So this year of all years, it's going to be fine for the Irish. Yeah, it, it's uh, that's going to be really interesting seeing some of these. Um, seeing, do you think we could see games get get put together like you know Alabama loses USC? Uh, you know, there had been a rumor. You know, TCU was going to be in some game with somebody early in the year that they thought they might lose that game. I think it was a Pac-12 team. So Alabama and TCU were reportedly rumored to be talking to each other. Do you think we could see some juicy matchups get put together here out of necessity yeah. with if the conferences yeah. are treating the, the the schedule differently? It depends on what the Big 12 is going to do with this because they only have they already play a round robin schedule or they get. Uh, all 10 teams play the other nine. So yeah. uh, so they're already set. So they kind of have to find a couple other games in that mix in there. I'm not exactly sure why the SEC is so hell-bent on keeping non-conference games at the moment, other than that they think that they're still going to be fans, which there aren't. Uh, I would think if you're the SEC, this is kind of your dream world in a way where you, you just got to say, hey, look, we're going to have an all-SEC schedule this year and keep all the money to ourselves. Because that would just be epic. The problem, though, is going to be the politics of this in the college football politics of this is, okay, if you don't have Alabama on your schedule now, you don't want Alabama. Like, look at the Big Ten. Look at Wisconsin. They, Wisconsin at the moment misses Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, and Rutgers. So if you're an Iowa or Nebraska or Minnesota fan and all of a sudden Wisconsin gets Rutgers out of that four instead of one of the other three decent to great teams in the East, there's going to be some arguments and debates being had there. So uh, there's a whole lot to this, but I cannot wait to see what happens with the schedules. And my, my gut feeling guess is that college football kicks this can down the road as long as humanly possible and that they put it off for a while in the hopes that, so, that they, again, the optics of getting baseball and basketball going. The NFL, if the NFL gets going and everyone's happy and like, hey, look, you can play football in this country and figure it out during a pandemic. They need that, those sort of optics to make things easier on the college side. And then the other part of this thing, too, is wait until all the tuition checks clear. And I'm not really being snarky about this. That, that's really sort of what's kind of limiting things right now, because once all the money is in the bank for these universities, then we see what they really think about trying to put together a college football season. Uh, really, really good stuff. Pete Futak, collegefootballnews.com. He is the longtime publisher of that great website. Pete, really appreciate the time, man. Hopefully next time we talk, we're talking about games, like actual games taking place. <laughs> I do think we're going to have football. I do think there's that someone's going to try to figure this out and at least give it a go, and hopefully it lasts. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Pete, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Anytime, Sean. Have a good one. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.